0: Welcome to the Knoxville Christian Center Podcast, where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Once again, any good movie, you want to stay tuned to the very end, because you may not know the ending, so stay focused all the way to the end. Joseph said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That doesn't mean they were anointed of God to do something evil. That would make God evil. But because it was in their heart, God used their evil to bring about His purpose And the evil people in your life. Uh, You pray and seek God. Don't panic because God can turn that thing around and redeem it and make that the reason you you become successful in life and you can say amen any moment. You see, we saw last week how Joseph was sold into Egyptian slavery by his brothers. How God turned it to good and Joseph, Joseph became governor. And he was able to store up food and save many, many, many thousands of people alive. And his brothers came for grain down to Egypt and they wound up bowing down before him. And Joseph uh, had been a, a slave and a prisoner for 13 years, and now he had been storing up food for seven years or more. And his brothers come, and after all those years, 20 some odd years, he Joseph looks, and there his brothers are laying before him in the dirt, just like his dream. <laughs> and so Joseph did not give up on his dream. He stayed faithful to God. He turned down Pharaoh's wife when. She begged him to hop in bed with her. He stayed true to God, and God stayed true to him. We need to stay true to God. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 1. I <clears throat> you know the devil always shows up. Get out of here, devil. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. Now Moses and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly because God was blessing them and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them and Pharaoh panicked. Of course, this Pharaoh, this was about three four hundred four years later, so this Pharaoh probably didn't hardly even know who Joseph was at all. When Pharaoh saw their numbers, he, fe- he felt threatened. So Joseph's descendants became slaves. Joseph wound up being a slave sold by his brothers. And now his descendants are slaves. And you know God is very good at setting slaves free. As a matter of fact this is an example of how God sets us free from Satan's slavery. Every one of us was a slave to a slave master of the devil until Jesus Christ set us free. And that's a greater freedom. You know that's the greatest freedom. When Pharaoh saw their numbers, he panicked in Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramesses as storehouses for Pharaoh, verse 14. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. So Pharaoh decided... (coughs) Beyond that, that wasn't enough because they're still growing and increasing too quickly. And so he decided uh, to limit the growth by having newborn baby boys killed. Just think of that. It reminds you of abortion, how people don't want a baby, just kill it. And you can you, you know, you think, you think what you want to think, but when you kill a human life, that's not killing a human life, that's murder. They made, and I don't make you feel guilty if a person's had abortion. You can be, you can be forgiven. <laughs> you need to be forgiven and forget it. Can you say amen? Some of us haven't committed, abor- haven't uh, had an abortion, but we have done things even worse. <laughs> so, so we all got something to repent of. But it doesn't justify doing it again. That's why I preach the way I preach. Uh, just because we've done it in the past doesn't mean we need to keep doing it. You see, they made their lives bitter with hard labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the field. In verse 15, the king of Egypt said said to the Hebrew midwives, If it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives refused to kill Hebrew baby boys because they feared God. They knew it was wrong. It's too bad we don't fear God. Verse 21, and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. God blesses those who do rightly, and because these midwives refused to murder those little baby boys, God blessed them and gave them families and homes of their own. And if you want to be blessed, you need to be like Joseph. You need to live a righteous life as God enables you to do so. And if you do something wrong, repent of it and make it right. But stay true to God because God blesses those who do righteously. When Moses was born, his mother knew that he would be killed. But the midwives didn't kill him, so she had a chance. And so she hid him as long as she could. His mother hid him as long as she could. Then in Exodus chapter 2 verse 3, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Just think how crazy that sounds. <laughs> you know I'm assuming they had crocodiles. Can you see a big old crocodile, you know, or a poisonous snake, you know, or a windstorm that turns the little basket upside down? I mean, who would do such a thing, but it was God? Sometimes God can inspire you to do things you think this is totally nuts, but you just feel like you got to do it, and when you do it, it works out. But you need to pray and get, be sure you got a peace about it. Because okay? a lot of crazy things I tried to, didn't turn out so hot. But God had a plan. You see, he's working in the bad to bring good. God's working in the bad behind the background, in your background, to bring good. Do not get discouraged. Be bold and keep going forward, can you say? Praise the Lord, and never give up. Faith without action is dead. Remember that if you believe God's working, then you need to work. If you're looking for a job, put in an application everywhere. Everywhere you want to work. Verse 4, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So Moses' mother had his sister said, you watch and see what happens to that kid. (laughs) And as you know, Pharaoh's daughter found Moses floating in the Nile. So God is causing all things to work together for good. We can see it looking back on it, but at that point they couldn't see it. In verse 6, this is one of the Hebrew children, Pharaoh's daughter said. She said, then verse 7, then uh, his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew uh, women to nurse the baby for you? And you know who she got. She went and got Moses' very own mother and Pharaoh's daughter is paying the mother to take care of her own baby a baby that should have been murdered (laughs) so God is working his wonders you see, and he's working wonders in your life too just because you can't see it uh, doesn't mean it's not happening that's why the Bible says we fix our eyes on what is not seen like Joseph, you may not see the vision, the dream or vision happening, but you stay focused on it when it's not happening. Just pray and seek God until you know you've got the right dream and the right vision. So, <clears throat> Moses was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. How genius is that? Pharaoh and his daughter is raising the very man God will use to deliver the slaves from Pharaoh. They raised him and trained him. Don't tell me God's not working in the background. <laughs> and it's no respect of persons. The Bible says, I, God says, "I know the plans they have for you declare. Jeremiah, I know the plans they have for you declares the Lord. Plans to bless you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. You can believe it or not believe it, but Jesus said, according to your faith. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them in their labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and his response was to kill him. And he did. In verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. <laughs> I knew we shouldn't be raising that Hebrew kid. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. Where he sat down by a well. But as far as everybody knew he looked like an Egyptian. Walked talked like an Egyptian and he was an Egyptian. And verse 16. Highly trained in the ways of Egypt by the way. And. And. Uh, According to the movie, I mean, he saw the movie. <clears throat> he was also trained in warfare. <laughs> Verse 16, now a priest of Midian had seven daughters. I mean, he leaves Egypt and hits the jackpot. <laughs> seven daughters, man, he gets his pick. And they came to draw water and fill the troughs uh, to water their father's flock. You're talking about women's lib. Here they are. <laughs> They're taking care of the sheep. I guess there's no boys, and so they're out there taking care of the sheep. And some shepherds took advantage of them because they were, no doubt, females. So shepherds came along and drove them away. How I many you know things have changed in the last three or 4,000 years? <laughs> Women today have mace and pepper spray and guns, so you better watch yourself. <clears throat> some shepherds came along and drove them away. They chased the—you oh, get out of you little girls— Think you are, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. He, he was trained in warfare. He chased those shepherds off. Said, "You get out of here. What you think you're doing, mistreating these ladies?" That got him a wife. An Egyptian hero, verse twenty-one. Mose agreed the the uh, Moses agreed to stay with the man. Their father invited him to stay. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Moses settled in and planned to be a a sheepherder the rest of his life. He was happy. He was content. He wasn't concerned about income equality. He was happy just taking care of sheep. And that's where a lot of people are. But sometimes that's not God's plan. I didn't become a preacher because I wanted to. I became a preacher because I didn't have any choice. I still don't have any choice. The guy won't even let me retire. Okay. So, said, Lord, I'm tired. He's oh, all hush and get to work. Okay. I went upstairs to work on this sermon last night around 6.30 and 10.30. I was still working, never moved out of the chair. Four hours just for you. Just to stay out of trouble with God. Moses settled in and he just planned to be a sheepherder. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses from the famous burning bush that didn't burn. A burning bush that didn't burn. That would get anybody's attention. Well, the Lord began to talk to him. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and we know God sees our misery. In this world, you're going to have some. And you're going to have some broken hearts. And you're going to have some depression and oppression and fear and doubt. But God sees it. And never doubt that. I have heard their crying. They're crying out because of their slave drivers. Verse 8. So I have come down. Listen, I don't care what kind of mess you're in. If you put your faith in God, God will bless you. You've got to stop putting your faith in people. So I have come down to rescue them. There was no way they could get out of there by themselves. But God behind their backs is training the deliverer in the palace. <laughs> so I have come down to rescue them and the hand of the uh, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God set the American slaves free. Can you say amen? They would never got free on their own. But God used white people fighting on the battlefield. There's a few free blacks that was fighting, but there was hundreds of thousands of white guys died to set. The slaves free in America. And I believe it was God. And and if he can do that, he can set us free from our little problems. And our addictions and our strongholds. God set the American slaves free, and he's still setting slaves free most of us have never been in change uh, physical change that is but we've had all kind of other addictions and strongholds and bondages that will drag us down the hell if we don't get free and we need a savior that can break the chains of old sleuth the devil can you say amen for those who uh, for those who serve him he has the land of milk and honey which you need to serve him You see, he causes slavery to work for good. Some of you are in all kind of sin slavery, but now you're set free. And right now, God can turn that into the best thing that ever happened to you if you'll quit condemning yourself. When you start condemning yourself, just slap yourself. Stop that. (laughs) God is able and God will redeem this and make it good or turn it to good. You see, God had a plan for Moses and the people of God, but Pharaoh did not like God's plan. And so God sent some serious plagues to get the guy's attention. Now, this verse is after the plague started. I, of course, didn't have time to tell you the whole story, just like Dottie didn't. Exodus chapter 7, verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Exodus chapter 8 verse 15, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron. The Bible says uh, in the Hebrew that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And a lot of people believe that somehow he reached inside of his heart and hardened his heart. Well, how could that even be? He didn't harden his heart by reaching in there and making it hard. He, may, he hardened his heart by requiring him to do something he didn't want to do and he hardened his own heart. And that's the way it is with us. God doesn't make us hard or evil or mean. God sets his plan before us, and we harden our own heart and say, No, I'm not going to do that. Amen. Or we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt us in due time. Amen. And Pharaoh hardened his own heart, and it says that right there, Exodus eight fifteen. 15. I just want to explain that because some people just feel like, well, you know people just didn't have a choice, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's just God, no it's, uh, God works in bad people to bring good things, but God doesn't make them bad, he didn't even make Satan bad, he created him as an angel, and he rebelled and became bad, in Exodus chapter 8 verse 22, God sent plagues to Egypt, but he protected his own people, the plagues were happening everywhere, but they didn't touch God's people. And a lot of times, I say, oh, all these things, they're so bad, I guess I'm next. Well, you can be next if you want to, but count me out. I'm God's people. Okay. I'm a part of God's people. I mean, let's get it right. Just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen. That's where the... Uh, Jews lived where God's people lived but on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live so that you will know that I the Lord am in the land I will make a distinction between my people and your Egyptian people he said I'm going to make a distinction the distinction I'm going to take care of mine according to faith so be it unto you You can keep putting your confidence in uh, government and all kind of stuff, but you're going to be disappointed. Because it says that we must trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man, the woman that trusteth in the Lord. God will treat his people differently. And I believe he's going to treat us differently than the secular humanists and the Marxists. Right now, this uh, fighting to take over this country, God's going to deliver us. He's going to make a distinction. But he says, ask and keep on asking. <laughs> you know. Well, God's got it. I'm just going to go on vacation. You need to go on vacation to pray. <laughs> <laughs> Get by yourself and pray and seek God. So Moses says, this is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go through Egypt. And uh, you see, when you mess with God's people, God finally just lays, he, he comes after you big time. And there's people today Criticizing God's people, God's church and accusers of hate speech. I preach on subjects straight from the Bible and the secular humanist, marxists Oh, that's hate speech. It's God's speech and God's going to get you for saying it's hate speech. God's coming after you. Vengeance is mine, I might repay. You know what He says. Vengeance is mine, I will. But well, we don't believe in God. It doesn't make any difference. He's going to knock you across that anyway. I mean, like a country boy that talks country. <laughs> so Moses said, this is what the Lord says. After midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Verse 5, every firstborn in Egypt will die. From the first, firstborn son of Pharaoh to the firstborn of the slave girl. Oh my God, how evil and wicked God is. Oh, how can anybody believe in God? Well, remember one thing. Pharaoh had the newborn Hebrew baby boys murdered. God is just bringing vengeance. And he's only getting the firstborn, not all the baby boys. Oh, God is so bad. God is a God of love and a God of vengeance. He has to be. Can he, how can he promise to take care of you and tell you not to seek vengeance? And, uh, and then he just sits back and let that, those people keep abusing you. No, know, God has to bring vengeance to protect you. Amen. 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 Glory to God. I thought I'd get a big amen, but I'll settle for that one. So, he, so Pharaoh decided to let the people go. Pharaoh, after he let him go, he changed his mind. He said, what was I thinking? And then in Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord, "Oh God, what are we going to do?" I mean, they were dead. The Egyptians were right there with all their horses and the chariots and the soldiers and their spears and and swords. And and what they going to do? Now this is. My special verse, but I'll share it with you. Verse 13. Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. You shall see these secular humanist devils, and Marxists no more forever. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? See, these people are poisoning our kids in school right now, And in case you had not been paying attention. Some schools, even one school system in Tennessee, sent letters to the parents. They don't want them eavesdropping on their uh, students being taught uh, by the teachers because they might find out what they're teaching their kids. You better wake up and start paying attention. Our schools are full of second humanists that teaching your kids there is no God. And that that, uh, homosexuality is fine. Experiment with it and try it. If you experiment with some kind of sexual activity, it's very addictive and you can become addicted to it. You may not be a homosexual, but you can become one. And teaching them transgender, you know, you may be teaching kids this. You may be a, a girl inside of a boy. You just never know. Who would teach a kid something like that? That's what they're teaching your kids. If every kid goes to school and say a marriage between a man and a woman, more than likely they're going to get in trouble in Knox uh, County. Wow. Who's teaching them that stuff? Right. Secular humanist devils. Right. It's the devil using them. Yeah. And I don't give a care. I, I'm, almost, I'm through backing up. Amen. I'm going straight ahead. Can you say amen? At right. my age, what I got to lose? Verse 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Better look out, devil. You see, the Egyptians followed the Israelites into the Red Sea and drowned. The Lord gave me this verse for America four years ago. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. I haven't preached it, it just hasn't felt like, like it. Stand ye still, told me this, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. These Egyptians, which you've seen today, shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Seems to me like it's getting worse, but I'm standing on that word. Can you stand on it with me? Instead of Egyptians, to me it says secular humanist and Marxist. The people who are poisoning our kids. You see, we need to understand that slavery has been in existence since before Joseph. Slavery is just the work of the devil. Satan uh, Satan was accepted almost by all nations until the Civil War. We look back and say, what a horrible thing. But you can see it in the Bible. You can see it down through history. It's just a fact of history. A bad fact, but a fact. But to us it seems so terrible. What do you think the future generations, if there are any, what do you think they're gonna say about us aborting babies? They're gonna look back and say, how could how could those barbarians abort their babies? And so we look back on slavery, how could anybody do slavery? I mean it just seems like our sin is not as bad as other people's. But it's still sin, it's still other devils, still send you to hell. Well, don't say hell. Well, why not? Jesus did. <laughs> He said, "Depart from me, you workers of iniquity." Hey, people are going to hear that on Judgment Day. They need to hear it now so they can get ready. Oh, don't say hell. Well, I'll be. Fr- I'm afraid not to, because the Bible says if the watchman does not warn the people, their blood will be on his hand. There ain't gonna be no blood on my hands. The U.S. didn't. The United States of America did not invent slavery. They just inherited it like everybody else. Didn't make it right, but. God, it took God a little while dealing with people. Many of our founding fathers realized slavery contradic- contradicted all men are created equal. <laughs> they they finally started saying, wait a minute. Why are these people in slavery and change? if we all created equal? Y'all paying attention? Stay tuned. <laughs> George Washington started the process of setting the slaves free even though he does not get any credit for it. He inherited slaves, his wife's inherited slaves and there's all kind of laws and all kind of complication you couldn't just set free, slaves free and, and looking back, well why didn't they just do what's right? Sometimes it's very difficult and if those colonies had really made the issue out of slavery we wouldn't have an America today because they never would have been able to come together and de- defeat Britain, so they used a little wisdom until they got to the point where they could deal with it, and they dealt with it, and the slaves were gone. Why can't we say praise God? Because actually it was God doing it. After George Washington, uh, after the Revolution, after after the Revolutionary War, uh, George Washington became an abolitionist. Uh, He made his abolition statement by... Ordering his slaves to be freed in his will. You think the secular humanists are going to ever tell that to our kids in school? No. Why? Because they hate George Washington and the founding fathers because they were Christians. They could care less about slaves. They hate Christians. The secular humanists never would ever admit it uh, about George Washington. Uh, uh, would never admit this because except for slavery, George Washington was always has always been recognized as a very godly man. Even during battles, he would have his head shot off. Uh, many bullets go through his coats, shot his horses out from under him. And one of the Indian chiefs said, I had my braves aiming for you and when you're in in the French and Indian War and he said we were able to kill all the leaders uh, except for you and he said I just want to come and meet the man that God protects. He was known as a godly man but because he had slaves that's the only thing the Second he was talk about was that good looking back no it's evil but it took him a while to realize it and when he did he put it in his will. He said well why didn't he lead a protest because it would destroy the country because it would have split and that had the civil war when they were too weak to win But it's really easy to go back in 150 years and dig up things on people and 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 preach hate against them. Uh, I preached a sermon a few weeks ago. Forgive? Are you going to really go to hell, hate for some for people who've been dead 100 years or more? Let them go. Forget it. Repent and make sure you get set free yourself and help other people get set free from Satan's slavery. Any way you look at it, it's still Satan's slavery. And let's take what God has done and take it to the next level until we're all totally equal, until we're all totally being becoming good Samaritans and loving each other and helping each other the way we're supposed to, regardless of race, creed, code, or anything else. There's no conditions on the parable of the good Samaritan. We're supposed to be loving and helping each other, and if we're not, we may not make it ourselves. I believe you have to live godly to make it to heaven. The secular humanists and Marxists do not care about slavery but hate the founding fathers because they were Christians who built this nation on Christian principles. They've got to get rid of God because with God in the picture, the Bible in the picture, nothing they preach or teach works. You can't live the Bible and do what feels good, whatever's right for you. There are no absolutes. These people have no morals and they tell you up front, we just do whatever we want to do. And you can't do that as long as you've got a God hanging around. And that's why you see these signs that were freedom from religion. Don't tell me I've lost my mind. Just look around. It's everywhere. Freedom from religion. They want to be free so that we can't be on the radio preaching. We can't be on the television preaching. We can't put up signs. We can't hand out uh, tracks. They want freedom from religion. They ain't going to get it. They can ignore us and go to hell if they want to, but they're gone. And we, they can't stop me. The human humanist manifesto number three. How much time I got? Uh, <clears throat> here's, here's what they say: Go get. The, hey, just quit believing people and go get the stuff and read it. The humanist manifesto. Read that. These three of them, and read the uh, Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. And then when you hear these people in our universities and in the street talking, you'll recognize what it is. See, I'm a history major, I'm a historian. How many of you wish you as smart as me? I don't claim to be smart, but I did have a pretty good education that our kids are not getting. It says. Humans are an integral part of nature, the result of unguided evolutionary change. In other words, we just crawled up out of the ocean and put on a suit and tie and here we are. Woo, glory to God. What fool believes that? And besides that, they still teach it now more than ever in our schools. When I was coming along, they said, well, it was just a a theory. Uh, But then they proved that evolution cannot happen and once they did they came said, oh no evolution is a fact biggest bunch of liars on earth (laughs) oh exactly he was and Marxists. he said well what do you mean they proved evolution uh, couldn't happen you ever heard the genetic code huh the genetic code a cat will always be a cat it may be a tall cat Skinny cat, fat cat, they're still a cat. A monkey will always be a monkey. An ape will always be an ape. A human will always be a human. Even though some act like, I'm not going to insult monkeys. (laughs) Act like devils. In other words, all men are not endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. What a difference. That's why why they can create a nation like China. God is totally outlawed. Because they believe all the authority rests with government. There is no God. Because they got rid of him. But one of these days they're going to realize God's kind of hard to get rid of. And you see, I, you can tell by the way I'm talking. I know what, I, I know what I'm talking about because he lives in me. I know him. I talk to him. He heals me. He works miracles for me. I see God do the most impossible things. You don't go tell me there's not a God. but they must remove God in the Bible because their doctrine is totally opposite people do not have God-given rights according to them they are not accountable to God but to the government you see the secular humanists and Marxists want the government to fix income inequality by taking wealth and property from citizens who have worked hard and invested their money and they want to take it and redistribute it as uh, uh, to fix the income inequality listen that's called stealing when you take People, right here in this church, you work hard, you pay your taxes, pay your tithes, you store up a little money for the future. The government has no right to come and take your money. Amen. It doesn't matter what kind of excuse. Well, we need your money. No, God gave us that money, and you're not taking it. That's why I preached a few weeks ago on God's prosperity. Get it and read it, it'll answer your questions from the Bible. Now, once you create a bunch of wealth, then God holds you responsible for the way you use it. And the wealth of the riches, uh, wealth of the wicked, is laid up for the righteous. So God's going to eventually get that money. Can you say Amen? But they, but they got well. We we got to take it away from people. No, you leave it alone. God taking that God's taking care of it. That's why they got to take care of everything. They don't believe in God. And by the way, we choose our own income equality by choosing to get a good education. Choosing to work hard. Choosing to learn and have a good attitude. A lot of income equality is just simply because we didn't live right, do right, be right. There's a lot of people on the street because they chose to be on the street. And I've tried to get them off the street and they go right back. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. oh my lord. Karl Marx said, I saw the clock. Karl Marx said, cover that thing up. The immediate, listen, the immediate aim of the of the communist is formation of the proletariat, big words, in other words, the workers, like the workers' unions, into a class. Overthrow the bourgeois, have you say that, supremus. In other words, you overthrow all the managers and owners of big business and corporation And then conquest of political power by the uh, uh, proletariat, which is the workers. And then Karl Marx goes on to say in the Communist Manifesto, he also says, in this sense, the theory of the communists may be summed up in the single sentence, abolition of private property. In other words, their goal is not just to have income inequality taken care of, it's to take your house and everything you have. That's the goal of the Marxists. And you better Google some of these people in the street because they tell you they're trained by Marxists. mean may not be scary to you, but maybe you need to do a little study. <laughs> this is what they mean by redistribute, redistribute, redistributing wealth, the government taking ownership of everything you have. And that, 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 That's always in results. Once the government starts taking things over, they never stop until they got everything. China, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela. There's never been a successful government like this ever. You see, the way it is supposed to work, <clears throat> excuse me, the way it's supposed to work is that workers from Starbucks, Walmart, Target, General Motors, Comcast take over and run these companies. How can people that's never trained in management run those companies? That was Car Marx's idea. And at the same time, take control of the government so they have total control. Well, how's the workers' workers' union going to take total control of the government? It's, it's not possible. So what happens is the Communist Party takes over. And they own everything and control everything. If you want a model, look at China. John Yuchai here in the church talked to him. He grew up there, went to school there. And he'll tell you those people own nothing and they're total slaves. Right back to that thing. Their goal, their intent is to enslave every one of us, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Mar- I'm telling you, wake up. The way, the way it really works is that the Communist Party takes control of all businesses, property, as it has worked. Even private property takes control of political power. The people become slaves just as bad as the Egyptians, as in, the, uh, in, as in Egypt. You see, this is what they did in China, as I said, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela. And that's why they got to get rid of the police. Isn't it interesting? Instead of really protesting for civil rights, they want to get rid of the pe- p- police. Why is that? So they can take over without any opposition. Okay. Many of the secular humanists in our universities and in our streets are self-proclaimed Marxists who plan to burn America down and replace it with a Marxist state. You can say it can't happen in America, but they plan to do it in November. They've been bragging that after the election, they're going to take over this country. How many vote for that? You better get on your knees. If my people, which are called by my name, shall hum themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's all stand. I'm out of time. The point is, let's pray. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? How many of you would like to hear the sound, the Communist Party of the United States of America? You like that sound? Like the Communist Party of China? That doesn't sound good. Thanks for listening to the Knoxville Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe. For more information about our church, visit KnoxvilleChristianCTR.org.